0: Good morning and welcome to NPR's Before the Bell. I'm Anna Robarts. And I'm El Crochet. And in this season, we'll be bringing you news and updates on everything that has to do with the current war on Ukraine.
1: Episode one, the history of the Russia-Ukraine conflict.
0: Now, there is no doubt that the last three weeks have been full of unrest and global politics. With the names Vladimir Putin, Vladimir Zelensky, and other powerful politician names being thrown around, many are left in confusion.
1: Many of us, though fearful of the violence ensuing, do not entirely understand what's happening. People are spreading fear of a nuclear
0: war without even knowing the true causes of what's going on. This is an overwhelming topic for everyone. This war is a culmination of political discourse between Russia and Ukraine. For students of AmeriNek to better understand what's happening overseas, we think it's important that we look back into history to see where this tension really roots from. One of the most commonly asked questions right now is, why is there tension between Russia and Ukraine? There are a lot of components to this loaded question, so let's break them down.
1: First, let's briefly talk about NATO, a crucial player in this conflict.
0: NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, was founded April 4, 1949, by Western European and Northern American powers, including Great Britain, France, and the United States, among others, after the end of World War II. When formed, NATO's original purpose was to provide collective security against the Soviet Union. After the collapse of the Soviet Union, NATO's goals actually shifted towards cooperating with Russia and other former Soviet states. However, the goals and ideology of the Kremlin shifted
1: with the election of Vladimir Putin in 2000. Putin wanted Russia to regain the power the Soviet Union lost, and because of that, he sees NATO as a rival, a potential enemy.
0: In 2004, NATO expanded into Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia. All three of these countries were former Soviet states, and all three of these countries bordered Russia.
1: Putin was furious that NATO troops were now stationed directly next to Russia. He believed that they were a potential invasion threat and since then has demanded that they be removed. This event cemented a breakdown of Russia-NATO relations for the Putin era. Any hopes at salvaging the relationships between NATO powers and Russia seemed gone.
0: Another important event that occurred was the 2008 Bucharest NATO Conference. In the conference, it was stated in an official declaration by NATO that NATO welcomes Ukraine's and Georgia's Euro-Atlantic aspirations for membership in NATO, unquote. NATO leaders agreed that both countries would become members in the near future. The conference had laid out the preliminary steps both countries would take to become members.
1: A Ukraine NATO or Georgia NATO alliance would have shattered Putin's world. Ukraine and Georgia, in Putin's mind, should be a part of Russia, or at least under Russian influence.
0: While Ukraine or Georgia joining NATO doesn't completely rid them of Russian influence, it does end any possibility of a Russian invasion. This is because of Article 5, the main precedent of the alliance, which states that.
1: An attack on one is an attack on all.
0: Or in other words, if Russia invades Ukraine, the U.S., Britain, Germany, and France, and all other NATO members are obliged to defend them.
1: While NATO's declaration was promising, plans for Ukraine and Georgia to gain membership fell through. Today, neither Ukraine nor Georgia are full members of NATO, but these talks pushed Ukraine closer towards permanent NATO membership, all of which contributes to the Ukraine-Russia conflict of today. Ukraine-Russia tensions only increased between the early 2000s up until 2014, where they reached a boiling point. At the time, Ukraine was looking to pass the Ukraine Association Agreement with the European Union. This agreement would have tightened the political and economic ties of Ukraine with other European powers. The agreement looked like it was going to be passed until the Ukrainian president of the time, Viktor Yanukovych, suddenly stopped it amid extreme pressure from Putin.
0: Essentially, Putin wanted to prevent Ukraine from creating further ties with Russian enemies. And to do that, pressured the Ukrainian president to shut down the agreement. But one important question to ask is, how did the people
1: of Ukraine react to this?
0: Well, the prevention of the Plan Association Agreement led to a series of protests known as Euromaiden. The protests reached a fever pitch from February 18th to the 23rd of 2014. Around 100 lives were lost. These days are now known as the Revolution of Dignity, which resulted in the resignation of Yanukovych and his pro-Kremlin government.
1: So obviously the protests were successful, Yanukovych was no longer in power and the Ukrainian people were free to elect a president who reflected their beliefs, which brings us to
0: Petro Poroshenko being elected as president and soon ratifying the association agreement in 2014. With this change, Putin had lost his hands in the Ukrainian government. Ukraine was becoming increasingly westernized and attempting to cut all political ties with Russia.
1: I mean, you could only imagine that Putin didn't have a positive reaction to this. After all, he views Ukraine as just another
0: part of Russia. You're right. Putin didn't like where Ukraine was headed, and it didn't take long to see his response. On February 20th of 2014, Putin began his annexation of Crimea, a peninsula located just south of Ukraine on the Black Sea. Just a month later, Crimea was a part of Russia, and the annexation was successful.
1: This was the first time Russia took territory from Ukraine. The Ukrainian constitution was violated, as was international law.
0: Around this time, the war in Donbass began. Donbass is a region in eastern Ukraine that borders Russia. Back in 2014, there were many pro-Russian control groups in that area that were against this whole EU transition.
1: This conflict escalated when Putin supported these pro-Russian separatists by directly arming them. Donbass became an area for separatists to clash with the Ukrainian army and the general epicenter of the conflict for the past eight years. There were an estimated 13,000 to 14,000 deaths as a result of the Donbass conflict. Only in recent months has the violence overtaken other areas of Ukraine. Between the continuous fighting in Donbass and the annexation of Crimea, Ukraine has had enough of Russia's influence and was searching for full-time protection against Russian forces.
0: So that's where NATO comes in again.
1: Ukraine wants in on NATO more than ever. After Poroshenko's presidency, Ukraine's current president, Vladimir Zelensky, took office in 2019 with a pro-NATO stance seeking to connect Ukraine with the West and eliminate any Russian threat. Ukraine's current NATO-adjacent stance is not enough to receive protection from NATO's Article 5. And the closer Ukraine gets with Western powers, the less powerful Putin's influences.
0: This caught his attention and made him even more enraged. Now, not only has he lost a pro-Kremlin government in Ukraine to the anti-Russian Proshenko and Zelensky, but he was fearful that he would lose Ukraine altogether. <laughs>
1: Looking back at this past February, the U.S. Intelligence Committee caught wind of Russia planning a full-scale invasion on Ukraine, its biggest
0: yet, attacking Ukraine from multiple angles. Russia took advantage of Ukraine's lack of membership with NATO. They invaded Ukraine with the intention of maintaining their control of bordering countries. As of February 24, 2022, the news broke that Russia had officially invaded Ukraine.
1: There are two reasons why the U.S. can't insert itself directly into the conflict. First, because Ukraine isn't technically a part of NATO, so the U.S. isn't required to deploy troops and fight the war alongside Ukrainian forces. Of course, we're doing what we can to support them without directly being there, through sanctions against Russia and importing supplies and materials.
0: And second, the U.S. doesn't want any escalation. Putin announced that if any foreign power were to get involved, things would likely escalate.
1: Taking into account how quickly things have been developing, it's important to stay up to date with what's going on and how things are changing. That's what we're here for. Telling the stories of the war, ensuring that we're all informed enough to have constructive conversations about the conflict. If you're interested in supporting those affected by the violence in Ukraine, check out the Ukraine Crisis Fund at my.care.org and consider making a donation.
0: Stay tuned for more information. Again, I'm Anna. And I'm Elle. And and you've been listening to NPR's Before Before the Bell.